Uh, welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Joe Sabula and Bobby Maximus. Today's episode is sponsored by Lalo Tactical, L-A-L-O.com. Use the code Maximus50 for a big discount on all the athletic shoes. Also, 10,000.cc. Use the code Maximus15 for 15% off the very, very best in men's uh, apparel for working out. And then finally, support us. If you like this podcast, head over to the MaximusPodcast.com and join the inner circle. It's a way that you can support us to keep this podcast going. And uh, it's the way that you can connect with uh, podcast listeners from all over the world. We are super excited to have a, a close personal friend of mine on the podcast today. Uh, he's the fitness director of, of Men's Health, which is the most respected and, and biggest uh, men's health brand on the planet. Ebenezer Samuel, how are you today? Um, I'm good. Friday. So, you know, just trying to get through it. Um, I'm glad the end of the week is here. Yeah. How about you guys? Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're good. good. I mean, living the life, working out, hanging out, <laughs> podcasting with friends. It's not the worst thing in the world, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's been a, it's good. It's a, it's been, it's fun to be on stuff like this and it's fun to talk fitness. I think I get geeked anytime I can talk fitness. So yeah. good. That, that makes us happy. So let's start a little bit with your beginnings because you know, someone looks you up, they see a, a handsome, jacked, strong, athletic human. That's that's fitness director of a major brand. But where did Ebenezer Samuel get his start? I feel like you should repeat that whole line. It was just really good. <laughs> yeah, it's important, right? You should have that on your bio. Handsome, strong, sexy, uh, fitness director, men's health. It's a good tagline. But it, was it always like that? Did you wake up looking like you look, or did you have oh, to work? It, it, it's actually it's kind of funny because um, I was probably it, it's crazy. Somebody dug up old high school photos of me, and one of my friends from high school threatens to post those on Facebook, which I don't think is the worst thing. But I was up until throughout high school, I think I was I think I graduated at something like 135, 140 pounds, um, and that was with training, direct training, quote unquote, throughout my throughout my senior year of high school. So I was super skinny. It kind of took me a while to both grow into my athleticism and grow out to my body. Um, and it's, it wasn't until probably my senior year of college that I started to, to gain strength. And then it wasn't until probably like four or five years after that, that I was able to like, just add muscle. So it took a, it took a while and it took a lot of, I'm like a hard gainer. So it took a lot of like learning and kind of trying to just find the right approach for me because I used to read everything and it just wouldn't work no matter what I would do. I would do like Ronnie Coleman's workout and I would be like, why don't I look like Ronnie Coleman? All right. Well, what, okay. So you were a buck 35. What are you now? So now give people like a comparison, how far you've come. Now um, I sit between 100, 178 and 183. And that's kind of where I'm comfortable. And strength wise, strength wise, I mean, the difference is also huge. Like I, like when I, when I was in high school, 135, it was, my pushups were abominable. And now, now, I mean, I have a lot of fun with, with weird pushup variations. If you hang out on my Instagram enough and bench press wise, I'm up around uh, like a comfortable 275 where I'm not like, where I can just own the weight and control the weight. Um, and so the strength is a lot better and just, you know, everything, just the way I move is just, um, it's just a lot better. I came up a lot in bodybuilding too and try Like I thought that was the only road for fitness. And so just being able to like gradually learn about mobility, capacity training, and just the other 
sides of things that's not just hey a bunch of bicep curls i think that's what's helped me what helped me kind of develop a lot now you're obviously very knowledgeable and, and it sounds like you pursued learning are you formally trained in working out like do you have a kin degree exercise physiology or are you of the self-taught method it's it's early on it was a lot of it's it's funny because my dad when i was in college i have a very very weird mix of just world qualifications i have a degree in accounting a degree in journalism i had a minor it's it's really weird yeah i see that um i have a minor in exercise physiology um and then when i got out of school then i got in like now i have a cscs certification i have a couple certifications from on it so i've kind of deepened my my fitness knowledge as i've gone on um but early on it was a lot of kind of self-taught stuff a lot of reading what i remember when i was when i was probably 19 and it was my first summer when i had i had just figured out the weight room and just kind of gotten into things. I, I, I was just trying to train beyond push-ups and just stuff in my basement. And I went to the gym and I met this older guy and he gave me a really, really good piece of wisdom. And that was, he was basically like, like spend a lot of time, the, the place where you're going to get a lot of knowledge for fitness is going to be in kinesiology textbooks. You want to read as much science as you can. And up until then, I had thought the world revolved around bro science. It's like, okay, let me just ask people. And if they're doing that exercise and they're big, then I need to be doing that same exercise. Um, and so after I talked to him, I spent a lot of time, again, just reading textbooks and trying to read up on the science of it um, and just figuring out how things work beyond just, oh, I can lift a lot of weight. And so I've kind of, I guess, formed my, my fitness philosophy and the way I do things based on a lot of that. So I try to read a lot of studies, read a lot of texts, you know, and then I don't know if I'm answering your question. I'm probably rambling a little bit. Sorry oh, no, no. I mean, this is all, yeah. this is all great background. The one thing that, that I want to ask is... Yeah journalism makes sense for what you do now because men's health mm -hmm. is journalism, if you will. Like I always talk about one of the things that helps me write for men's health is the fact that I've got an English degree. I can turn around articles fast. That's I can weird. bring a couple of sentences together. An honors English degree doesn't hurt when you're writing just like what you're doing. It's a form of journalism that makes sense. But why aren't you crunching numbers as a CPA instead <laughs> of being instead of being the fitness director, how did the fitness director at men's health thing happen for you? So, it's in, so that goes uh, two things. The accounting thing was, I hate telling the story and I love telling the story too. Um, the account, I went to, I had an accounting scholarship, right? I went to a very small division three school before I went, to, I went to grad school at Syracuse, but I went to a very small division three school before that called Eastern Mennonite University. And it's not because I'm Mennonite. It's because I actually had, I believe, a scholarship to Princeton where my dad went. But in my mind, I had this great dream that I'm going to be this, this I'm going to blossom into this 6'5", 185-pound future NBA All-Star. But then I stopped growing at 5'9", and so it kind of didn't work out so well. But I literally thought my entire life plan when I was 17, 18 years old was I'm going to take a Division three scholarship for accounting, I will go there and I will somehow just grow and everybody, I'll be this great division three basketball player. And then I'll catch on, I'll get like, I'll get, um, I'll transfer to Kentucky when I'm a sophomore or junior or whatever, and they'll love me. And then I'm going to be in the NBA. Obviously, um, 
it, it just doesn't work out that way. So I, but I stuck it out there for my accounting degree. So this accounting degree for me was literally just a vehicle for me to kind of fitness and do more athletic stuff that, that just wasn't going to happen because basketball was never going to be in the cards that way for me. Um, so then I have this accounting degree. One of the first things I realized when I had it, I never had an interest in using it. it I can do my own taxes, but I try not to because that's how bad I am. At. Um, but I feel like I never had an interest in using it. It was because even the whole idea of accounting is sort of antithetical to how I live my life, which is I want to move and I, I want to not sit down. My brother is in, is in finance and he sits for eight or 10 hours a day and I just can't do that. So to me, it was this degree I was getting, but I was never really interested in using it. Um, because for me, fitness is what I've always kind of been into and what I've always wanted to do. I grew up loving Superman, loving comic books, so loving Superman, Spider-Man, Wolverine. I still insist in some day, on some days I believe like I'm just going to heal like magically from an injury and I think I'm Wolverine deep down. And to me, it's like th those guys and just being a superhero is what I've always wanted to be. Obviously, I can't jump off tall buildings and bad things happen when I do that. But the closest I can get to that is going, you know, 50 inch box jumps or whatever, you know, 50 inch box jumps, bench pressing and just being strong is the closest that I can get to that. So I, I really wanted to dive into that as much as I can, even like the sports stuff. I, when I got out of school, I'm rambling a little bit, so I apologize for that. But when I got out of school for accounting, I basically took a year off and, and worked construction for a year because my idea was my idea for working construction. I was also, I worked in, I worked as like a stock boy at a grocery store when I was in college. And my whole idea for being a stock boy was like, one, I can work it late at night. And two, I get to lift heavy things. So everybody else would want to do the aisles with toilet paper and paper towels. And if I was doing it today, I would do the aisles with toilet paper and paper towels so I could make sure I had toilet paper and paper towels at home. But if I, at the time, I, was, I would always do like the aisles with the water gallons and the sodas and stuff like that because those were the heavy boxes. And my idea for working that was I want to get stronger. I'm this 100, you know, 40, 150 pound kid. I want to get stronger. So the easiest way I can get stronger, why don't I get paid to lift heavy stuff? So that was my idea. So when I got out, of, that was my idea when I was in high school, early college. And then when I got out of college and I had this accounting degree, I was like, I don't want to do this. I have no interest in doing this. So I went to work construction for six months and just laid foundations and did some cement work. And my idea for that was I get to lift these big 90, 180 pound forms. So they're going to make me stronger. Um, so basically I had no, I never had an interest in accounting at all, but I always had this interest in fitness. And that's kind of where, how do you guys want the long story of how I got to myself? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's get into it. Yeah. So, um, so I'm, I'm doing all this, I'm doing all this kind of concrete stuff. And the one thing I was finding, cause I would, I would, I would work for eight hours. So this was after undergrad, I would work for eight hours, um, at somebody's house, you know, laying concrete foundation and stuff like that. Or, you know, we, we did retaining walls. We did a whole bunch of stuff and it was, it was intense work. And then I would go to the gym and train after that. And I, if you, and I, and I was like, why can I not bench? like 185 pounds. Why am I so tired? 
it's because I spent the entire day lifting weights. And so I can't lift, I can't actually stack that on there. And it took me a while to figure all that stuff out. But what I gradually realized is it was cool to do all that foundation work. And it was making me stronger on the fundamental level, which I like, but it wasn't, I am kind of being on the aesthetics of stuff. And it was hard for me to balance all that work that I was doing with, um, with kind of my desire to train a little bit more targeted. And also I kind of, the more I thought about it, the more I was, I was thinking, this isn't really what I want to do for, for my entire life. I want to be strong, but I also want to be able to, you know, have like a little bit more of a manageable life and impact other people with some of that fitness at some point down the line. So I kind of just reevaluated a little bit about what I wanted to do. And then I wound up going back to school for journalism with an eye towards getting into, again, I feel like my whole life is kind of this journey to get as close to being a superhero as I can. And if you look at when I'm at EMU, I kind of failed at basketball because that wasn't to me working with athletes and being an athlete. That's one way you look at stuff like Odell Beckham making that great one hand to catch a couple of years ago, or Michael Jordan flying through the sky. Athletes are like as in some way, in some aside from the military, athletes are somewhat as close as we can get to being superheroes with the with their feats of athleticism. And I wanted to pull those off. And I couldn't exactly pull those off when I was in college. So that wasn't my vehicle. But then the other vehicle for being super heroic and feeling super heroic is is the stuff we can do in fitness. You know, some of the stuff you do, Bobby, is is ridiculous. Um, and I think that's another to me, it's just that one of those manifestations of superheroism is just looking the part. And I wanted that for myself. So I get out of school and I want to get in better shape. And I'm like, to me, I started with that construction stuff. Then I'm like, let me find another avenue for things to do. I can write. So I saw myself as going to school for journalism to learn how to write and hopefully cover pro athletes so that again, I'm still kind of touching that same brilliance of athleticism that I wanted to be a part of. And, and I went to Syracuse. I went through a very intensive journalism program over there that only takes about a year to go through. I grad, I got a grad degree in journalism from Syracuse and that set me on a path to then write about sports. And I, I spent probably three or four years um, maybe a little bit longer than that covering. I went to the New York daily news um, and I covered the New York Knicks for a little bit, covered the giants for a little bit. And during that whole time when I'm doing that, um, you know, it's like you're talking to the players about what you have to, to write stories. So I had to ask them about games and stuff like that. But when I'm in the locker room with these guys, the only thing I'm asking them, I remember being in the locker room and I'd be, I'd walk up to like Victor Cruz and I'd ask Victor Cruz, I'd, I'd say, what's your workout for today? You know, or what do you do to get your chest bigger? Um, I used to train with one of my best friends on the Giants was a backup offensive lineman named James Brewer, who doesn't play anymore. And we would just go to the gym and do chest workouts. And so I would work out with those guys and and then I would I would ask their wisdom on stuff. And that was kind of another way that I kind of learned about just sort of the nuts and bolts of training and how it works. Because I, to me, I felt like I was learning from I was learning from the athletes who knew how to do it. And obviously I didn't realize at the time that they had trainers behind them, but I was learning just some of how they, how they kind of build their bodies. And to me, that was, that was just one of the ways that I started doing things. But as I'm doing all of this, I'm realizing that 
I don't necessarily just want to cover these athletes and it's fun to train with them, but I really, really want to be doing fitness 24 seven. Like I was, I was the guy who would on a Sunday, you would land in a city for a Sunday NFL game on a Saturday and everybody else would, all the other reporters would land and they would go out drinking or they would go out to dinner and I would land and I would go find a gym somewhere and go train until midnight. And so to me, the journalism thing was fun, but it wasn't necessarily what I wanted to be. And then three years ago, men's health has this opening for a men's health fitness. I was a fitness editor post at the time. Um, And I applied for that because fitness is is something I've always loved to do. And I wasn't really sure I was going to get it. I was quite nervous, but I want, I mean, they wound up loving me. They love my athlete connections and stuff like that. And so that got me started on what I do now. That was a very rambling answer. So I do apologize for that. <laughs> no, I, I thought that was great actually. And very telling because it's, it's clear, like I, I maybe hindsight's twenty twenty, but it's clear to me that there was a, a definite interest in fitness all along. There was something that was, was constantly pulling you in that direction and you didn't necessarily know where you were going to end up. So it's interesting to hear kind of like, you were asking certain types of questions you were asking about training. Your, your passion was more about the training and how to get athletic. And then to see that actually kind of come to fruition as a, as a career is, is pretty interesting. Uh, I'm curious about something you said earlier, you mentioned that you were a hard gainer that at, at the time when you were training yourself, you know, pre-college in college, like the only path most of us were aware of back in those days was bodybuilding. When did that start to switch for you? When did you start actually making the gains that you felt you weren't making? It's interesting. A lot of it for me um, was, I feel like it was probably about five or six years ago when I started, when I started getting where I wanted to get. And that was also around the time that I, I tore my labrum, um, my left shoulder um, completely repaired. I think I have like, like eight or nine anchors in there. And it was until then I had been, I was your average, literally like, like everything bodybuilder. Um, and every single problem with the bodybuilder was there. So I didn't do mobility or anything like that. It was like Monday is international chest day. So let's train that and let's not train legs at all. And let's, you know, let's, let's do arm day every other three days. Cause that's the way to get it. And what was interesting for me when, when that happened, when my, because fitness is such a big thing for me. And because again, I, I, I mean, I, I had some background in it, you know, from again, exercise physiology, man, my exercise physiology minor in college. And I had like a little bit, I had a little bit of background. I thought I knew everything. And I, and I read, um, I think I read muscle and fitness every month. So I thought I knew everything. I knew everything there was to know about fitness. And that's not a knock on muscle and fitness or anything either, but I thought because I read a couple of magazines, I knew everything. Um, but when my when I found out I torn my labrum, my entire world was was pretty much shattered because I was especially if you hang out on internet message boards enough, um, a torn shoulder labrum is pretty much the death knell for everything fitness. It's like that's what you don't come back from. You're never going to bench again. You're never going to throw a baseball again. Especially Google like Chad Pennington and labrum, and your life is over. Um, but what happened, I pretty much decided, okay, we're going to have this surgery. And the only way I know how to do anything fitness in, in terms of just precision and attention to detail and stuff like that is a hundred percent. 
So I pretty much decided if I was, I was either going, two things, were gonna, one of the two things was going to happen. Either A, I was going to tear my labrum and, or I was going to have this surgery and I was going to quit fitness altogether and just play video games all to, all day and, and never do this again. And then be, you know, just eat whatever and I don't care anymore. Or B, I was going to do this a hundred percent. And to me, a hundred percent meant I, I'm the kind of person who, if it's about the body or if, if it's probably about anything, but if it's about the body, I have to know everything. Right. And so to me, I have to, I can't, I'm not the kind of person, and I try to bring this to what we do at Men's Health too. I'm not the kind of person who, okay, I'm going to do 10 push-ups and 10 lunges and 10 burpees because you said so. I'm going to do 10 burpees and 10 push-ups and 10 lunges or whatever because you, you said so, but you have to tell me why, and you have to tell me why it's going to work because I want to know what it's doing to my body because this is my body, and I got to take responsibility for it. So I have this surgery, and then I go into rehab, right? And I had a really, really, uh, a, a physical therapist who probably hates me now because basically anything she told me to do, I wanted to kind of know. And I was like, well, can you show me a study for this? Or can you tell me why this is working? Or tell me this. So, and it was basically so that I could go home and then sort of cross-reference it and study up on it and ask other people because I had met by that point all these other, you know, experts or, or this or that, the other thing through through the stuff I'd done at the daily news, like, because one, like, like I used to do stories at the daily news, but you remember there was one year with the giants. I think they had something like seven or eight guys toward their ACL all in the same yeah. year. And to me, that was fascinating. That was, well, what, so I, I would, and to me, that was also a chance to talk to a lot of experts and develop my own connections. So that's, those are the stories like that I enjoyed doing. So then I would cross-reference what my PT said with those. And I was basically what I gradually learned was that there's so much more to the body than how much I can bench press, which was really hard for me to swallow, but that there's this balance between pushing and pulling and that, that hitting that there's this thing called functional training and that training according to function as opposed to muscle has purpose. And that there's a way to, there's a way to do, I was the guy who used to go into the gym and would do the biceps curls. And it really looked like I was trying to do a giant power clean and I was curling 50 or 60 pounds. And, and the thing is intuitively, I knew that something was wrong because I'm curling 50 and 60 pounds and my biceps don't look any bigger. And I'm curling 50 and 60 pounds and I'm not sore. Right. But yet when I pick up a 30 or a 35 pound dumbbell and I curl with precision and with a little more care and attention to detail and I'm tightening my abs and making sure that I'm positionally better, I'm getting more out of it. So all these things intuitively I knew, but then I started to just kind of gradually put the pieces together and I would probably, and so basically after that, all of a sudden it was crazy because I, I was super attuned to the little things I was doing with the shoulder rehab in terms of external rotation versus internal rotation. Oh, this muscle is an internal rotator. By doing more rhomboid stuff, I can create more openness just in that joint and keep the humerus a little more back in the shoulder socket. All this stuff just started to make sense. And coming out of there, that's when I remember 225 is sort of the benchmark that I've always had for the bench press just because it's what NFL linemen do. Or, you know, what it's what they do at the combine. Yeah. And every year at the combine, I would test my 225 and I would do three reps. And I would be like, wow, I'm awful because I am. But um, I remember at the first year after that, um, it was it was eight months after my labrum surgery, I think. And I was like, okay, let me try this 225. And I think I got 14 reps. And it's because everything else was was 
my body was working the way it was supposed to. So, so I think the big turning point for me was just, was that labor and surgery. And it was coming out of that. I felt like, I felt kind of like I'd plugged into some kind of fitness 2.0, um, just in terms of knowledge and in terms of, of wanting to learn, not just, Hey, what is the next great biceps exercise, but Hey, this is how the body works. Um, so yeah, so I guess it was around then. And since then to me, like just the way I approach it and, and how I'm interested in it is just kind of this upward, this upward motion. It's interesting yeah. to me. I, I feel like a lot of times uh, that's how people get into fitness is because of an injury, because then, then they have to slow down. They have to pay attention or because they've got a great physical therapist who can actually explain to them the reason why this is going to work. Uh, and I've also said people who, who get injured and, and take ownership of their rehab tend to be the ones that like learn from it and come out of it a lot stronger versus the people who, like you said, it's over. Like up, oh, I tore my labor. I'm like, why? Why even do the the PT? It's over. Like you, you wouldn't get any effort. You wouldn't, you wouldn't put anything into it. But you seem a, a, a actually a lot like me in that you're very, very, uh, very much a student of like you're always trying to absorb that thing, always kind of looking for that answer. So I think that's fascinating. Yeah, what's interesting is like the thing I found too with like clients um, is is the kind of clients I, I want to work with and the kind of clients I have the most fun working with are the ones who want to be students too. Um, and the people I enjoy training with are, the, I, I know I've trained, I trained with a friend of mine about eight months ago and I kind of fall into this thing where I, I really want to, partly because I geek out over this stuff, I really want to explain, it's like, oh, we're doing this because uh, we're doing um, this because of this and your body has to do this to, to offset it and we're doing this with our apps. And my one friend was like, dude, shut up. <laughs> just, um, just i know right just tell me what to do fine all right just go do some crunches like <laughs> yeah yeah but I, I, the one thing i tell i tell any any of my friends who's ever who are ever get injured um i'll give them some or if, if i know they're going to pt for anything i'll give them some advice and it's the my biggest advice is one i feel like to me i'm paying for that 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 physical therapy um, session. So I hate it. I want to, I'm going to ask as many questions as I can and yeah. dang it, I'm paying for it. So my PT, you, you better answer them. Yeah. And two, it's like, if you do, I'm very big, I'm a literal kind of guy. And, um, I feel like people, if you follow your PTs, if you have a good PT and you follow their directions to the letter, I remember being scared for probably five months after the surgery that, on some level, again, you read all this stuff that labrum surgery is pretty much your death now, right? Yeah. And you're just not going to have the same motion or anything. And I remember paying attention to everything, following every timetable. According, I would I, I set an alarm so that I could do my rehab exercises three times a day mm. because they said the max you could do them was three times a day. So I was like, I'm going to do them three times a day. Um, and I mean, my range of motion and just just the way my left side works is actually cleaner than my right side. So, hmm. yeah. Yeah. One thing, one thing I want to ask that's like really interesting to me that, that I've picked up on is I'm going to compare you to Victor Cruz for a minute because in the journalism side of things, you're behind the scenes, you're writing about stuff, but you're not the star athlete. You've moved into a role now with men's health. You're kind of the star athlete. You're the face of the brand. Like every time I open the men's health Instagram, there's your face. Has that been a hard adjustment for you to go from kind of behind the scenes and writing to 
being thrust in the spotlight to a degree? Um, a, a, a little, it's been different. I think for me, some of it is, um, it's definitely been an adjustment. It's not something, it's not something I was expecting when I got here. When I got here, I, I kind of imagined initially that I would be working more behind the scenes. Um, but it's been cool and it's been, it's been good to kind of have, to, I feel I'm a big person. I'm a big person in general, not just in fitness, but in any situation, I think it boils down to three words and it's figure it out. And you're going to get a certain series of opportunities in your life. And, and in those situations, you can either figure it out or you don't. Right. And to me, the opportunity to sort of be the face of men's health and be in that position and kind of be this, this fitness influence um, for me to not figure it out would be to waste a really, really good opportunity and to waste to me when I go back and think about it and I don't think about it as much now, but I probably should again for it to be for me to, I'm a hard gainer, not a great athlete in high school. Um, struggle to sort of grow into my body to be able to to kind of hold this position. I, I think it's a it's a big it's a big honor, and it's definitely something I take super seriously because I think there are a lot of people out there like me who are not initially gifted or took a while to sort of unearth how to how to utilize their physical gifts. Um, so it, it's an honor, and every so often when you bring it up like that, I think about it, and it's it's sort of it's sort of cool and it feels good, but it's also a responsibility because I feel like it's very, very important for me to present, to present the right, like a very well-rounded fitness approach as opposed to just being bodybuilder guys. So I think what, ha what I have done is I've definitely, I think the bodybuilding roots are not bad and they're important in a certain way because they teach you a certain, they teach me a certain amount of of mind muscle precision that maybe doesn't exist in, in say, and this is not to blast CrossFit, but doesn't exist at the base levels of CrossFit. Um, but I want to marry those up to as many other forms of fitness as possible. That way, the message I try to get across from the brand and through my fitness is that gymnastics, bodybuilding, um, CrossFit, um, you know, high, like, like all these different kinds of, of fitness can fit together and fuse into one package that creates this well-rounded human in the end. I like that. And in fact, my experience with CrossFit, I used to, I ran an affiliate for almost a decade. So, and, and that was really when I got full into fitness as a career, I'd always done it as a bit of a hobby. Uh, but when I took the, the helm of the gym, uh, it was CrossFit that gave me that opportunity. And what I actually fell in love with wasn't necessarily CrossFit itself. It was the, the language that it kind of created. So it's exactly what you were saying is like, there was this connection between weightlifting and gymnastics and like endurance training and everything else. And they were all kind of coalescing, uh, coalescing around this concept for me. And eventually it got to the point where, like I said, it wasn't necessarily CrossFit that I was in love with. It wasn't the, the competition. It was just that, that sense of training and the sense that there were no limitations as far as like what you could do through training. Yeah. It's interesting because I, I, I sort of felt when I, when I initially came to CrossFit, it was because of the muscle up, which is just one of mm. the coolest, most badass moves. It's also probably the move that, that, that again, because I was very bodybuilder in terms of shoulders forward and everything, it was also probably the move that, that finished off that left, left labor for me. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, princi principally it's, it's, it's a super, I mean, 
some of some of the they get blasted for certain things obviously and i feel like we don't need to go into that because it's, it's well-worn territory but i love this idea and i love this idea that that all these versions of fit all these separate pieces of fitness that that feel like separate dogmas whether you know bodybuilding um crossfit gymnastics calisthenics all these things sometimes feel separate i know you, yeah. you talk to bodybuilders and they don't they don't think there's much about you know they don't think you need to do push-ups or or capacity training all these things can come together and they create this well-rounded hu- this well-performing human body and mm-hmm. an aesthetic and, and an aesthetically I, I don't know if there's another way. I can't find the right word for it, but they create that 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 aesthetic human body that I think people really want, mm-hmm. and you can perform in so many levels. And I think that part of CrossFit, the spirit of CrossFit, is is really really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that, I feel like that's where, just in general, I feel like that's where we're all moving. Fitness is let's fuse ideas and let's let's break down some of the oh, you're a bodybuilder, so you do this, or you're uh, you do yoga. It's it's like bodybuilders should do yoga. Every, you know, every, there's purpose for all these modes of training to cross over and being able to cross into them, I think, completes your body in so many ways, both in performance, both performance wise and aesthetically. Yeah. Amen. Now we're talking about all the, the, the ins and outs of fitness here and the underlying things, but the thing I'm noticing, I actually pulled it up right now on, on men's health. When we talked about like being the face of men's health, has being a face of men's health changed your fundamental ideas about fitness? Because there's a certain degree that I look at on the internet as performance art to a degree. Like you've got to perform, you're on stage, you've got to look good. You can't, you know, necessarily go through a bulking phase. You can't, has this changed your fundamental like way that you approach fitness? Um, I, I think it, it's it's changed a little bit, and it's definitely pushed me. Um, and like you talk when you talk about performance art, you're right. Um, it, it's always I think it's always a tricky balance. There's always that balance, especially just on social media and keeping people interested um, in terms of of variability. Where when I when I used to train, obviously I would just go into the gym, and it was only bench presses. Um, but now I definitely try to be, I, I try to be more well-rounded and I definitely try to be more inclusive and I try to try more things because it, I think the one thing that, that I try to do and I feel like is important is to, to explain to people that there is not just one road to fitness success because I think that's a problem for a lot of coaches out there and there's this tendency to think that my way is the best way as a fitness professional for me to get you in shape and anything else you don't need to do, which what I've found and the thing I've, I've learned at men's health, the thing I've learned a lot about is that, is that basically everybody has a different, some, every, everybody needs to move. And so at a fundamental level as sort of this face of the brand and as sort of the guiding force as a brand yes, I want you to be more muscular and I want you to have the best mobility in the world. And I want you to do every single squat rep you do as perfectly as Bobby Maximus does. But on, at a fundamental level, if I can't get you to do all those things, 
my main goal and the main goal of all of us as fitness professionals, I think is to get people to just move and, and create more movement that way that, that way on some level, they're moving towards that perfect Bobby Maximus squat. But, um, but we're not all going to get there on the same level. So I've sort of, so I've opened my mind a little bit to being creative to, or one to, to, it's okay to, to, to have a little bit of, of what some trainers might call cotton candy fitness, where it's, it's a move that, that looks cool, quote unquote, but it's not necessarily the, it's not necessarily a fundamental move because the reality is people don't want to do people don't keep, I have to give people something a little bit different every month in the magazine and every, every week on Instagram, I have to create some variation because that keeps fitness fun for people. And I love to bench press and squat and deadlift all day. And I know you do too, Bobby, and I'm pretty sure you do too, Joe, but I, I, I have, I feel like I have a better understanding of, of the fact that not everybody is going to want to do that. And then on some level, I have to find a way to make fitness appealing to the general person who wants to look at something and appreciate the novelty, but still get the same benefits that we're getting from it. So I feel like I, I, I do a better job and I always stay attentive now to balancing the fundamentals, which I believe are super important. I can't stress enough that, that the fundamentals of, of movement of push, pull, hinge, squat are more important than anything, but there is a way for me to kind of make that fun for you by embracing other modalities and new tools and just new approaches to it and still kind of get everybody to that goal of moving better and moving more. Yeah. Now there was a quote about Michael Jordan that, that was in the documentary, how when he went out to play basketball, he played like every game was his last. Like there was someone in those stands that had never seen him play and he wasn't going to settle for 12 points. Like he didn't want someone going away from that arena saying, Oh, Michael only scored 12. He's not that good. So there's obviously an, a high amount of external pressure on the man. You're a guy that wanted to play in the NBA. You love sports. You, you followed professional sports. Is there a pressure on you to perform the days when Ebenezer Samuel wakes up and he's like, fuck it. I don't want to go to the gym. I'm not working out today. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Do you feel pressure as, as the fitness director of men's health to just kind of suck it up and do work because you are going to be on camera. You are influencing people. You are leading by example. You are compared to other people. Every single day, but, um, I love pressure. All right. I love it. Um, yeah, because it's, it's interesting because especially, especially now, um, but I, I think I think about that a lot because especially now we're in this this quarantine situation and a lot of people don't have gym equipment and stuff like that. But I have gym equipment at my house. So every day that I wake up, I do. I, it, it does cross my mind to me when this whole quarantine started to me, my job and it, but it's a job, there's a job that obviously you do. And then there's a job you love to do. And this is the job I love to do. Um, my job, part of my job and one of my goals going into quarantine is I need to come back bigger and stronger because I have more advantages over a lot of people because I have equipment. So if I don't come back bigger and stronger and at the same level, when we're all suddenly back in public, if I can't, 
if I can't dominate my next CrossFit class that much more, um, then I've kind of failed. So, so, so I definitely think about those things a lot. You know where I think about it a lot when I do, I, I'm not a big group fitness person, but obviously for a lot of reasons, I have to go to group fitness and try it. Whenever I'm in a group fitness class, I'm always sort of conscious that if anybody has Instagram, there's a good chance they know who I am. So I can't dog it. I can never dog it in a group fitness class. I have to win at everything or else it just, or else they're like, oh, that fitness guy on, on Instagram. Yeah, he's, he's not that special. He's not, he's not the real deal. And I was going to say, is, is, is that the secret is just get big on Instagram and then so much pressure is on that you can never dog <laughs> it. You, you don't have to worry about motivation anymore. That's for sure. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's funny you say that, Evan. The reason I wanted to ask you that, because I had an experience. I was uh, one of the first men's health live things I did when the quarantine started. Um, I did this hard, hard workout. And, and I actually was doing most of the workout while I was trying to talk. And when you're trying to do 15 burpees in 30 seconds and talk, you get out of breath. And then I started reading the comments and people are like, I thought Bobby Maximus was fit. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? I, this is terrible. So that's why I wanted to ask you about the pressure because to a degree, you guys got 1.7 million followers. You're right. You go to a group fitness class in New York, people see you. They're like, I'm going to find out what this Ebenezer Samuel, what he's all about. Like there's no days off for you when you're in public. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, there's no days off for you too. So kind of, yeah, but, but I, I, I love that because I feel like, like every so often you need, I think intrinsic motivation is critical in fitness. And if you put me, it's, re, it's been really cool during the quarantine because I, I don't, there, there's nobody to push me except me. Right. And so it's a good reminder. I, I don't generally, I mean, I'll train with people here and there, but I don't generally train with a partner unless I'm like on with, I, I'll train with Don Saladino a lot. He's a good friend of mine. Um, but in general, I, I train by myself. But when I'm in a public gym, I'm always super conscious. Oh my god! If I do, if I do a bad rep, especially since I'm such a form guy on Instagram and I'm such an execution guy, if I go in every so often, you want to go in and you just want to curl 75s and throw them around just for the heck of it. But there's always somebody watching when you're at Equinox. Um, but that's when when I'm there. But since I've been home, it's been cool to kind of get away from that, but also make sure because again, I'm conscious. I'm going to get back to that. So. So when I'm at home, it's like, let me make sure I, I need to make sure that I'm pushing that much harder when nobody's watching, because then when I get to people watching, it's not that big a deal. Okay. So we've, you, we've, you opened the door to COVID. Sometimes we try to talk about it. Sometimes we want to avoid it <laughs> like the plague, but you, you open the door with COVID. I'm sitting here thinking this is the best thing ever that happened to men's health. Because now men's health is an online resource is it's always been useful to people, but it's almost essential. Now you're putting out live workouts every day. The content has changed. It's a really good resource for people at home. Overall, how much has the men's health brand had to, had to have pivoted to deal with COVID? Um, I mean, we, we've, we've, we've obviously had to change a lot of just how we approach things. And the, the big thing has been the pivot to one Instagram live workouts because people can't get the group fitness is huge. So having a guy like you, having me, having Don Saladino, having these guys who can just jump on and do Instagram live workouts has been huge. And then the other big pivot for us has been 
has been the home, the home workouts. Like everything we're posting now is giving people, is giving people ideas for how they can train at home. What's really been cool for me, I think, and, and, and some of it is just in, in how we've kind of worked to engineer this pivot and how I've tried to drive it is that this is the, this is one of those really good chances where, again, we are, we are front and center because all of a sudden it's as soon as we went into this quarantine and even the couple of days before that, I was starting to get a lot of uh, direct messages and queries on my own Instagram and throughout men's health. Just, um, we don't know what we're going to do. How do we train at home? So I, I feel like before then it's almost like whatever fitness we were putting out, there was some assumption that, that, oh, this is for somebody and they're going to find a way to access that equipment, right? Mm-hmm. But what we've had to do as a brand and what I've had to, to really do and, and try to drive us towards is, um, is, is we need to meet the reader and the, meet the viewer and just meet our consumer where they are. And I think right now we're doing a really, really good job of that. Just we've never had to think about what equipment you have at home. Now, every single workout we're posting, every single workout you guys are doing as our Instagram live trainers, every single workout I'm posting to my personal, I'm thinking about what equipment you have and what you can access and what you don't have access to. And I think that is, that's been really fun to do. And I think it's a habit and a strength that's going to stay with us even after this. And do you think on on that note, because we've been asking a lot of fitness experts this, um, and Joe and I talk about it a lot. Is this the death of the big box gym? Do you think? That's tough. That that's. I hope not because I love. I personally love. Um, I love going in and and the sense of community and the sense of community that is there. I think it's going to hurt when we come off of this because even when you talk to when you talk to certain trainers especially those if if people have online products out there or i I, and and just the amount of people right now who are starting to build out their own home gyms i think there is going to be some drop off for the big box gyms and i think it's going to hit i think it's going to hit some of the chains the hardest especially because you have brands like us and you have people like, like, like me and a lot of other great influencers, guys like me, Don Saladino, yourself. I feel like we're giving people so many options to train at home and we're giving people strong options to train at home, showing them things that they can do at home that where where they may not feel the need. We're challenging them where they are right now. And so, and those challenges for a lot of people are going to stay. Some of the, and not to talk myself up, but some of the push-up stuff that I've been trying to put out on Instagram, um, some of those chest workouts, I mean, those are brutal push-ups that I go into the gym and people who bench press can't pull that off. Um, and, and beneficial stuff. So those challenges can carry people for a while without having to force them to go back to the gym. So I think gyms are going to have to refocus a lot on on the value that they offer to people and it needs to go beyond equipment and it needs to start to shift into into the idea of creating a community and creating just creating a re, creating a reason other than coming to x gym for a bench press and i think that's going to be the hardest for some of the 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 more sterile chains out there like like an LA fitness or a 24 hour fitness. I think those those are the brands that have to 
they're going to have to work a little bit harder to get people to pay to go back there. Well, and, and I don't know how they're going to, Joe, I actually don't even know if I told you this. I got the, I got the regulations from governor Herbert about like what I'm allowed to do with my gym in Salt Lake and what I'm not allowed to do. And I'm going to pull them up here because it's, it's really interesting to me. Hmm. I don't know how a gym's supposed to run. My check-in areas and waiting areas must have barriers or floor markers to keep customers six feet apart at all times. And during working out, there needs to be 10 feet between Mm. each person and equipment has to be thoroughly wiped down before other people uh, touch that equipment. Hey, buddy, how are you? This is our executive producer, my three-year-old. <laughs> but even, even that right there, like without even going any further, Bobby, if I'm a trainer at a big box gym, like that means like I can take one person and then I have to take time to sterilize my space and get ready for that next person. And so the, the usual model of getting paid on commission is going to start to hurt. Yep. Like economically, it's not going to work. Group training yeah. isn't going to work. Like training's people not allowed. Want and, that, and that's, that's only if people are still willing to, A, go to the place to, to begin with, and then, B, go through all that sterilization process and go through the isolation. And uh, I, I know uh, uh, where, where I was working, the CEO was talking about having a, uh, like a temperature check when you walk through the door. And it's well, like, and, you know, if I, if I have to go through all those steps, wouldn't I just rather just work out at home and just do a bunch of push-ups or, or follow a, a live workout on Instagram? Well, see, and that's what I was going to, that's what I was going to say too. Well, my two things on that are one. Yeah. It's like, by the time you go through all that, there's also been talk from stuff I've heard from down South that people are going to have to wear masks. I just can't see myself training. I can't see myself bench pressing and breathing right with a mask. (laughs) Yeah. I might as well just stay home. Not, Not only that, you guys, group fitness classes are prohibited. Group activities are prohibited. You're only allowed to be in the locker room if you're using the lap pool. So locker rooms are shut. Hmm. Big box gyms aren't opening properly any time soon with these restrictions. And you just brought up a great point about the face mask thing. I don't even want to. One of the things I love about the big box gym is I get to talk to people. I get to show off a little bit. I get to use the sauna. Sometimes they have like, if you go to one of these higher end clubs like Equinox, they've got really nice, fancy, uh, aromatic uh, eucalyptus soap in the shower that I can take advantage of. They've got a steam room. I can go to the shake bar. All that's cut off. Why would I go to a big box gym? Like for me, you just took all the fun away. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, well, then, then there's also the back end of it. And this is, I mean... This is something I've been thinking about because one of the gyms that I go to, and I'm not going to name names, um, before before COVID happened, when there was that period where everybody was in, on the hand sanitizer thing, is we got to step up how we sanitize stuff. I went to that gym and I saw them putting out messages on Instagram. Oh, we're we're working to sanitize things and this and that and the other that and it, we're going overtime on that. And I go to the gym and it's not happening. And I think a lot of gyms in smaller areas are going to, I wonder how aggressively they're going to follow the instructions period, which creates its own problems then because for obvious reasons. So it's just, I I think, I think get all those restrictions. It's it's just hard to imagine. I'm planning to just train at home for a little bit because why not? 
it's also a fun challenge to train at home. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. It's actually been fun for me. Like, and, and I'm building up my garage gym and I'm doing things I might not have otherwise done because I always had the big box gym available. But I was thinking about uh, uh, what we were talking about earlier about, um, you know, when you started off training and all you kind of had was bodybuilding and there was this whole process of learning and understanding. And I, I feel like the big box gyms and, and not to knock them for this, but they, they do kind of feed that, that there is a a value in just having all this equipment, even if there isn't the knowledge there on how to use it. You get a lot of people that show up and I don't know what this machine does. And they go over there. And again, if you've ever trained at a big box gym, that's part of the job It's like, Hey, can I show you how to use that? Because clearly you don't know. Usually you don't word it that way. Um, but that's a lot of the, the conversations you have throughout the day. But I'm wondering if now in this situation, now there's this real opportunity for people who do have the knowledge, the, the, the coaches out there versus just the trainers. Uh, uh, it's a theme that's been coming up a lot. Like it takes one thing to just train somebody, do three sets of 10 on this, three sets of 10 on that. But the coach that really gets in and helps the other person understand, the person that can give them that why. Why are we doing this? Why, why am I having you do this and that guy do that kind of a thing? I think this is the opportunity for people to seize that and say, you know, even online, I can find a guy online and, and, and we, I, you know, I can have my phone in my hand and my coach's face on the phone and have a conversation and actually learn something about fitness, even with less equipment, even in a less ideal situation like my house, I think we can achieve more as trainers. And I'm the kind of guy, like, I like the idea that there's a challenge in that. Can I get somebody more fit, you know, not face to face at home with limited equipment now? Well, then if the world ever does go back to what it was before, like it should be easy, right? Yeah, and that that's actually what what I what I've actually been thinking about the last couple of weeks is is this is that same is that is that same idea. We're working with we've basically been stripped of all this fitness that all these this fitness gear that to be honest we probably never needed before. Mm-hmm. And like again, the the high the, the the hammer strength high reel machine is great. It's also not essential, and it's not it's not a key piece of of the training that I'm doing. I only, I, I think it's great for people too because you're limited in your equipment. It's it's crazy too because I think back and just real quick story to deviate that has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> and you guys can edit this out later, but it kind of um it is it when, when I started training so training, quote unquote, I was like 13 and 14 and it was just biceps curls. Right. But I didn't have any dumbbells because, um, because, because my mom didn't really understand what a dumbbell was. She thought it was like, she, she wasn't down with this whole fitness thing. But so I literally started, um, curling gallons of water. Right. Um, and, and filling my backpack with stuff and doing curls and it it just kind of made sense. Right. And that's the same stuff that I'm breaking out now on Instagram to kind of show people, um, because you never really like a weight is a weight. Um, and if you look at the way, uh, like, like strongman training and, you know, they're lifting big rocks, not necessarily, I mean, they can, you can train with a lot of other, you can train with a lot of like, you've never needed necessarily a perfectly shaped dumbbell or kettlebell or barbell. It's all very useful stuff, but your car is also heavy. Um, mm-hmm. so it's, it's like people have always had options and, and I feel like when we, when we access this creativity, um, and access, like when we rethink our house to think of, Oh, there's load here and I can use this. I can lift that. I can, I don't need a sled because I have my, my Jeep Cherokee. Um, we, 
like we can take all that back to, we can take all that back to the gym. I'm very big on the stuff we're learning now is going to be stuff we can take back to the gym and it's going to make us stronger, but it's going to make us stronger with the fundamental tools, right? Dumbbells, barbells, kettlebells. We're going to be, we're going to be that much more proficient in those things. And, and, and we don't really need to go to the hammer strength the hammer strength high row, even though I do mess around with that every so often. I think too, and I apologize for going off here, but I think too, the thing we can learn from all this home training stuff and is stuff that, that weirdly, a lot of my approach to training is very, let's make sure that your core is kind of firing and that you have no reason and no way to escape or no way to escape your core firing because it has to be responsible from exposition or it has like, basically that's, that's a big part of my approach. And a lot of that has always involved and always, always, always relied on using slightly lighter weights so that because we're creating challenge in other ways than just the resistance. And these are things that I feel like during this time people get to work on right now. And it's going to make them so much stronger when they go back to the gym. That has nothing. Does, does that, is that even remotely related? I, I think that's spot on actually, okay. because I, I, I mean, part of the thing is like, yeah, we're, we, we don't just have all the toys, you know, and, and the idea that uh, a particular machine was the problem, you know, oh, well I was doing curls on that machine and clearly it's inferior to that machine. And they're really kind of working the same thing. It takes that whole, that block out and says, no, 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 no. You're, it's not the external thing that matters. Like it's all the internal stuff. And that's really like the premise of our show goes even deeper than that. It's that all the stuff that we learn in the gym, right? All the stuff we learn about how to do a curl, how to do a bench, how to do a squat. It affects you on a deeper level. It affects your psychology. It affects your relationships with other people. And, and ideally it, it should be improving your life or else why are we doing this? And in the end is having big arms. Good. Yeah, sure. I love them too. But it's all that other stuff that I've gotten out of my fitness journey that's made me the person that I am today. So I think that that was a, a yeah, a longer winded way of saying because we have a, a limitation imposed in front of us, the people who continue to, to uh, uh, push against that limitation, the people who continue to battle that little bit of resistance are going to come out of this way stronger and, and way more capable so that when all those fun toys do come back, they're fun toys again. And they're not, they're not a, a stumbling block to people's progress. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's almost like, um, and not to cut you off, but I think it's, it's, it's yeah, to me, um, there's a, the big thing. It's always been easy for humans to train, right? Because you have this big gym where you pay for your 39.99 membership and you walk in there and you have all this and you have all this stuff in front of you and you, you drove to the gym. So you have to do it. So you're going to get your work on it. But to me, this is when, this is when you, you discover how bad you want it and how, like how bad, how bad do you want to do a biceps curl? Because if you really want to do a biceps curl, you're going to go buy four gallons of water, which they're each about eight pounds a pop, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to put them on a towel and you've got, you've got 32 pounds, you've got 32 pounds of water and you're going to curl that. Okay. But if you only kind of wanted to do it with dumbbells, then you're going to, then uh, you'll, you'll, you'll just skip it because you are more into the, the, the novelty and the coolness of doing it with dumbbells than you were into the desire yeah. to train. How bad do you want to do a pull-up? Because if you want to do it, you're going to do it on your doorframe or you're going to find something outside to hang on and do a pull-up and you're going to get your training. In, okay. But if you want to do it on the perfect pull-up bar, well then, you know, then it's like, it's like how bad you want it right now. How bad do I want to train? I want to train so bad that I'm waking up at 6am to get in 
work, okay? And I'm going to do it as soon as I get off with you guys because I want it, you know? And so it's like, if you want it, then, I, I mean, not to get all motivational. <laughs> I think that's awesome. And, and I'm chuckling because in my mind, I'm thinking, well, what's the point of even doing pull-ups if I can't rip my shirt off, put my, my rich froning headband on and wear my bear complex little hand things to show everybody how cool I am? Like, why am I even, why am I even trying if nobody's going to see it, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 So to me, to me, this is prime. This is prime. Like, like lay down your fundamentals, earn it, like earn it and want it. Because then when you get back into the gym, when you get back into the gym, you're going to go, I, I took like a couple of days off hmm. when quarantine started to sort of partly because I was a little banged up because, you know, you just get that way from training. And then, but then after that, the one thing I've always found when I take a couple of days off is when I come back, I want it so bad. And my first workout is just, just like the desire and the focus are there because I haven't trained in, in 48 hours. Mm -hmm. Um, and to, to me, it's like, it's like, if you're not doing anything at this point, you know, get it now. Like, just find, like, don't, don't talk about the things that you don't have, but use the stuff you do and just work because you can get in good work with like resistance is resistance and you can, you can create resistance. If you have a house, somebody built, the, I'm not saying bash a wall and, or a bash a hole in the wall, but if you have a house, you have some kind of resistance that you can use. So, yeah. 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 Awesome. All right. So we've talked about, we've talked about the past of Ebenezer Samuel. We've talked about the present of Ebenezer Samuel. Uh, let, let's talk about the future. What mm. do you want to do? Cause you're still a young guy. What do you want to do in your career in, in the world of strength and conditioning? It's hard. I love, I, 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 I fully love what, what I do now. And it feels like if it, it, it's a lot of what I do now is, is so much of just what I've always wanted to do because I think when I got into this, again, I, I kind of signed on to be the fitness editor of men's health. And I thought I was going to drive fitness from sort of behind the scenes. Right. And I never in my wildest dreams imagined that I would be driving fitness sort of from the front and leading from the front. And I think what I really want to do overall is, um, is kind of continue that and grow it, which sounds sort of lame, but it's true. Um, I want to continue what I'm doing and grow it and just try to, um, but what I want to try to do is place fitness on, on an even bigger platform and somehow make it more accessible. I really want to, um, I want to find ways to, because I think, I, I think we do a really good job at men's health of giving people workouts and workout options, et cetera. But what I really want to do is somehow create a platform and create a way where we can educate them more. Because I basically, I think a lot about, about kids because I think about myself as a kid. And again, I always wanted to be a superhero, but 10 pushups a day was not cutting it, especially when they weren't good pushups in the first place. But I think what I really want to do is, um, is give people a stronger roadmap so that they can, they can reach their like reach their goals, but reach their individual goals because there are going to be older people out there who just, it's an accomplishment for them to just move and they're satisfied with that. Right. But I also want us to be able to, as a brand and me for myself, I want to help the people who want to push themselves that much farther. I want to be able to kind of create some nuance between just move and, and, you know, there, there's kind of this idea that, um, 
just create this some nuance between this just move kind of workout and this more nuanced workout and the focus required so that you can look like a superhero and perform like Bobby Maximus. And I want to be able to kind of show people the difference between that and, and help and help and basically make it so that people can like aren't doing the just move workout when they really need a little bit more nuance to reach their goal. So I want to help people get there. Um, and I just want to keep doing what I'm doing. I just want to keep growing our brand and keep extending fitness and making it again, more accessible. I, I, I'm not answering your question at all. Am I, am I helping here? No, you, you are, but, but this is, this is great. You want to help people and, and you want to, you want to lead by example and, and make the world more fit and all this altruistic bullshit. But <laughs> I, I, and, and by the way, I appreciate how complimentary you are to me. You're a nice man. And I like that. So you're editing. That up. you keep that up. Um, I, I want to know what, like, what, what do you want to deadlift? What do you want to bench press? Cause, oh, cause working oh, out, see that? working out is your, is your passion. What, mm-hmm. what do you want to, that's all I care about, man. What do you want to okay. do? Okay, so I want to look like a freaking superhero, okay? Okay. Um, yeah, like that, like, and it, it sounds simplistic, but I just want to do super, from, from that standpoint, I want to do super heroic, cool stuff, right? Um, so for me, it's like, I want to, there are like some, I, I, and I love, um, it's going to sound, I, I love like the nuance, okay, of working for sort of like the perfect body look. I love that challenge, right? And there are some little things for me that I want to clean up and I'd like to clean them up before I die. So, you know, in the next, I'd like to clean them up while I can still enjoy them, you know? Um, right. So I, I want to clean up the, I want to finish out my superhero body, okay, with just the little details that I feel like are missing. Um, and then I have these these weird goals. Like I, I want to dunk it back. Like I can dunk off um, an oop because I have very, very tiny hands. I have very small hands. So I can't palm a basketball. So I can dunk off an oop, but it has to be like the world's most perfect oop. Um, and what I want to do is really just be able to to take off and dunk and dunk anytime. So I, w- I want to work on that. I want to, um, it's weird. I love, I don't, I don't post this training a lot, but I love speed training. Um, I'd love to I'd love to just own like an 11 second hundred, which, you know, I'd love to just own an 11 second hundred. So again, these are just my personal goals. Um, and I want to do, I owe myself, I can do a muscle up, but, um, I owe myself that. I want that, um, that perfect slow muscle up where it's completely controlled and you can stop it at any moment. I don't have that yet. So that's something I want. And then it's weird. I have a lot of, um, gymnastics goals i'm obsessed with sort of holds um so i want to master the planche and i want to master the elsa and these are things where i can for me like a lot of the fitness goals i have it's these are things where i can execute them to some extent right now but i want to be able to 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 roll out of bed and execute them without thinking about them and i want them to look easy i don't want them to look like i'm trying um, and so those I would say are, are probably my main goals. I also want to, I've been trying this a couple of times, um, but I haven't really done it successfully. I want to line three cars. Up. It's also hard because you have to get three cars and we have two at the house. Um, I want to line three cars up. So I want to line my Jeep Cherokee up. 
Um, we have a press receiving and I want to get somebody else to load me in the, their car and I want to keep them all in the straight line. And I want to get that moving from a dead stop and just like push that for 400 meters, which again, these are all completely ridiculous goals, but, but in little ways, they feel slightly superheroic. All right. Do me a favor. I have a path for you to be a superhero. You grab your phone. <laughs> you grab your phone for me, please. My phone. Yeah, you got it handy? Uh, yeah, give me a sec. This is gonna be good, Joe. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna give this man a path. <laughs> is, this, is this some gag? Is this some gag? What's going on here? Okay. No, no, no. Okay, so I have an idea to to to, to get you superhero status. There's a man I want you to fight. He's fight. <laughs> um, no, no, no. This no, no, no. Is, that would be suicide. This is this is gonna be this is gonna be on Men's Health Live. You're gonna fight this man, and it's gonna make you a superhero. He's 53, so I'm giving you a fighting chance. So <laughs> go go to my Instagram right now and watch what I just posted, and I think we can make this happen. Yeah, I feel th- th- this seems like so. I, I I haven't gone here, but this seems like a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think you got a chance. If if it's not if it's not a boxing ring, okay. If, it, if, <laughs> if it's like a, if it's a track and I can run away from him, I'll tire him out that way. Okay. Yeah, that's my only chance. I don't think that's a good idea. So, for people that know what we're talking about, Mike Tyson just posted a video of himself at 53 years old. Just, just wrecking shit like I've never been wrecked. I I think he can win the World Heavyweight Championship tomorrow, by the way, if he fights. But uh, he's 53, Ebenezer. So, you want to be a superhero? It's time to step it up. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a lot of work to do. He's in great shape. You know, listen, for real, though, if, if you make it out of this alive, do you know how many followers you'll get? <laughs> to be honest, to be honest, I may I may gain more followers. I may I may gain the same amount of followers in death. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Three seconds. I'll last with that guy. You know, anyway, if you if you're listening at home and you see this, and you have not seen the Mike Tyson clip yet. You need to go check this out, because this is this is the kind of shit that, that gets me up in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, listen, my man, um, sincerely from, from me and Joe, you're a person we deeply respect. Um, I think, I think the title of a fitness director for men's health is, is well earned and and very deserved. I love your content. I love the realness that you bring to it. Uh, there's no bullshit. Um, and it's real, real, genuine advice and it makes me really happy that in a let's face it the fitness world is filled with frauds um it makes me really happy that there's someone real out there like yourself leading the charge um in terms of just real actionable fitness advice so thank you for being a light in 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 an industry that gets kind of rough sometimes we yeah. appreciate you and we look up well, to you and and i'll tell you this just from from my standpoint like i first became sort of aware of you organically so it wasn't like i, I went out and searched well who's the fitness director of men's health and i'm going to follow him i started seeing you in a lot of other trainers that i respect videos like don saldino for example mm-hmm. i saw the two of you working out i'm like oh who's this guy and then i'd see you in another video and be like oh there's that guy again and then then now well now i'm a fan so I think uh, I think what you're doing is fantastic. Hey, thanks, guys. 
Yeah. yeah. And, and anytime you need anything from either of us, let us know whether that's Joe, whether that's Joe writing men's health articles. Maybe it's, uh, you know, I'm just spitballing here, putting a 41 year old Bobby Maximus on the cover of men's health. <laughs> 40 year old alive. Um, you know, anything you need, anything, we got you. So don't you worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. No, it's great. Chest day up next. So, yeah. It's not Monday. You're not allowed to work chest today. You be you. It's, it, I don't care about your, before we go, I don't care about your awakening. And, and you, you don't have to be so restricted by the Monday is international chess day. It always has been. It always will be. It's against the laws of nature to do otherwise. <laughs> Monday is back day for me. Monday is back day. See, that's, we got to talk, man. Offline, you and I, you need, someone's got inside your head and messed you up. Monday is chess day. I wake up Monday and I'm bench pressing as I get out of bed. I'm so excited. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I was really happy to be on, so. Uh, thanks for taking the time.